0: It doesn't matter the arena. We all love a good debate about who's the greatest. But all the things we think define greatness, they pale in comparison to Jesus. Greatness is something more. It's in His strength and in His way. He is the one in whom we can trust. The one who is enough. Our faithful guide and savior Jesus is Lord the greatest of all time Lord, can we just begin this morning giving God thanks for that time of worship can we just thank him right now and well, he is worthy of our praise. What unbelievable weather. This is a miracle already, right? And enjoy it because it's fading fast, all right? And uh, boy, my name is Nate. One of the pastors here want to welcome you, especially if it's your first time. I'm thrilled that you're here. And if you're online, want to welcome you. Uh, we know this is kind of, uh, as we're navigating this, the big word that I've learned recently as a, as a church leader is you have to learn through being fidgetal, uh, which means this. You have to learn how to be a church both physically and digitally and uh, the last week I was out voting and uh, when I was walking away from the voting poll uh, there was a lady who stopped me and I was like oh oh she's gonna ask who I voted for here it comes right you know grilled all this stuff she just said no 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 Nate I just need to talk to you for a And I said, absolutely, well, what's going on? Her name is uh, Denise Brewer. So Denise, I'm putting you on the spot right now. She didn't know this. Uh, and she just said, hey, you need to know uh, I'm a frontline worker and I miss being there so bad. I wanna be there. But she said, but because of my line of work, she said, every time I, I think about coming, she goes, I- I'm just personally a little bit, I- I'm worried about if I could maybe infect somebody or this or that. So she said, me and my family are meeting at home. And she just had that look. She said, you know, please don't judge me for watching online and hey, Denise, no judgment. All right, we are thrilled that you're in. Matter of fact, can we say hey to Denise, give her a hand and just anybody online. We are, we're gonna have to learn how to be a fidgetal church. We are gonna be meeting physically, we're gonna be meeting digitally, but the bottom line is this, wherever we go, this is the power of Jesus, he's with us. This is the spiritual habit of joining as the church when we sing, when we open God's word, we walk away changed because of the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked last week about the Holy of Holies, and that's why the temple was so important. And now God says this, it's no longer just about a temple or a building. Now the Holy of Holies, because of the Holy Spirit, is you in your heart and your life. That literally heaven has come to earth and wants to reside in us through the power of Jesus. This is why we celebrate. This is why we worship. This is why today we can have hope. Matter of fact, today we're going to be, as we're going through Hebrews, if you, if you haven't been with us for a while, we're walking through the book of Hebrews, talking about how Jesus is the greatest of all time. And we're going to look in Hebrews chapter 7 and chapter 8. And what's beautiful about this passage is this, the writer of Hebrews reminds us the better way forward is Jesus. That, that today, man, we're wondering how do we move forward? We're wondering how do we move forward as a country, right? We're, we're, we're literally divided as a nation, We know there's different decisions, there's different things to go along. How do we move forward? I've even seen this across the country and across the world, even within the church. The church is more divided on where we go politically. And in the midst of all of this division, we have to say, how do we go forward? And the answer is Jesus he is our better way. That's what we're gonna be talking about today is how do we move forward? I love what Andy Stanley said about this. He's a pastor down in Atlanta. and He just summarized it so well for me when he said this. He said, as Christians, we need to know it's okay to disagree politically, but God has called us in Jesus to love unconditionally. That as Christians, we need to know it's okay to disagree politically, But we are called to love unconditionally. Matter of fact, this is Jesus's reminder to his disciples on his last night before he was going to the cross because Jesus knew this, people are gonna disagree with his disciples and the disciples are gonna disagree with what's going on in the world and there's gonna be this back and forth tension and he reminds them in John chapter 13, he says, here's the better way. He says, a new command I give you as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's be honest. It's easier to hate right now than it is to love, isn't it? This is why Jesus says this. It's not about your love. He says, as I have loved you as I have given you a better way, as I have given you a better love, it will be better than the love that you have because let's be honest, a lot of us, man, we run out of love, we run out of patience. I know already, pray for me. My daughter, her school had to shut down so for the next two weeks we're quarantined. Let's hold a prayer service after, all right? You know, come and lay hands on us as a family. We're going, how are we gonna make it through this? We're running out of patience, we're running out of this, we're running out of this. And Jesus says, here's how you're gonna go forward. Not by your love, not by your patience, not by your ability, but my love. As I have loved you, as I have saved you, as I have redeemed you, so you must love one another. Because here's what happens. Then the world will know that you're my disciples. When they see me in you, when they see heaven in you, when they see grace in you, everything changes. Here's the temptation for you and I today. Our temptation is to make this mistake, to, to believe to believe that we can become better by ourselves. That, that, that's kind of the secret out there that, that we don't know is this. The temptation is for you and I to believe that we can become better without God. You're going, well, Nate, back that up script, scripturally. Genesis chapter two, this was the very first thing that Satan tempted Eve with before sin entered the world. This is what he said. He came to her and he said this, Hey, why don't you take this fruit? Because if you do, you will be what? Anybody remember what he said? Like God, you will become better if you follow this way. See, here's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to become better any way we can outside of Jesus. Just eat of this fruit over here. Just chase this thing with your life. Let this define you. Eve, you want to become like God. And what he's saying is this, just become better by yourself. Now, here's the thing, a lot of us, not when it comes to building, but a lot of you, you guys, are, you, you are better at building than I am. Matter of fact, this is why the cost of lumber, I didn't know this, because I don't know how to build anything, but, but the cost of lumber during this season has gone up 130%, I found out. Matter of fact, they said this about new homes that are being built. The new homes have gone up $16,000 on the average, not because of home values, but because strictly the cost of lumber. And this is why, because you guys know how to build. You guys know how to build decks. You guys know how to build things on your house. You guys know how to make things better. And the temptation is to believe that we can come become better by ourselves without Jesus. That's what Satan wants for you. That's why sin is defined this way. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is you and I going off on our own, believing we become better, believing we have another road to go rather than the road that Jesus has for us. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, no, 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 I wanna call you back to the better. I want you to get off this road of you trying to follow and become better by yourself. Because let's be honest, after a while of trying it and failing, sometimes we become so defeated because we try to become better by ourselves, we're just exhausted. And Jesus says, you come to me because I am better. This is literally what the, the writer says in Hebrews chapter seven, verse 11. He says, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, talking about the Old Testament, for on the basis of the law was given to the people, why was there still a need for another priest to come? One in the order of Mount Kizodek, not in the order of Aaron, talking about Jesus. He's going, why is it that if we could all become better by ourselves, why did we need Jesus? Because here's why. We can't actually become the better that we need. Even in the Old Testament, even the Israelites, they realized, I need to become better Even if you're not a follower of Jesus here today or watching online, man, we're so glad you're you're tuning in. But here's the deal. This is what we all have in common. Everybody in this room, we all wanna get better, don't we? I wanna get better. Man, I wanna get better at following Jesus. I wanna be better as a dad. I want to be a better spouse. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better pastor. Man, I can give you 20 things that I know I need to get better in. I have no shortage of on that. This is why we're all together, because we all know in this room, this is why we're here. We're going, I want to get better. I may not be able to identify what it is, and I may not know how to get better, but I know this. I want to get better. I want to get better. The writer is saying this. Hey, remember, if perfection could come, then we wouldn't need Jesus turns out we need Jesus. He goes on in verse 18. The former former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. Talking about the law, how the law can't make us perfect. For the law made nothing perfect and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Then he says this in verse 22, because of this oath, because of what God has done through Jesus to us, Jesus has become the better, the guarantee of a better covenant. The writer actually in Hebrews chapter seven and eight uses the word better here in these two chapters, more than the entire New Testament combined. You know what the writer wants us to grab today? If you're taking notes, you just wanna write this down. It's real simple, three words. Jesus is better. But Jesus is better. He's better than your best effort. He's better than your money, he's better than your personality, he's better than your weaknesses, he's better than your failures, he's better than your future that you could dream for yourself. Jesus is better, that's what he's saying. He's a better guarantee. The Old Testament can't save you, but Jesus can save you. And I love it, he literally word, he uses the word guarantee here, it's the only time in the New Testament this word is used when he says he is the guarantee. Jesus is our guarantee. See, a lot of times, this is what happens. We want to get better, and we go, well, how are you going to get better? Well, I'm hoping, you know, this will happen, right? I'm hoping this gets better. And what what the writer says is this, oh, Jesus isn't just a maybe. What he's saying is this, Jesus is a better hope for us. He is our foundation. He is our guarantee. How do you know things are going to get better in the future? Nate? Hey, I don't know how all the things are gonna play out, but here's what I know. Jesus is gonna be with us. Jesus is gonna lead us. And because he is gonna be with us and he is gonna lead us, here's what I know. Things are gonna get better. Things are gonna get better. Oh no, no, doesn't mean all the strife's gonna end, doesn't mean all the conflicts gonna end. That's when he returns from heaven. Then it's all over. But I know this right now, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants to get me better. There is a guarantee. Matter of fact, my family and I, uh, we, we needed this hope. We need this hope as a family. And uh, this week, my kiddos woke up, and because Halloween is over, they're like, is it Christmas, right? And, you know, that's that just the way the, the kid, and I'm like, really, it's not about Christmas, it's about your presence." I know, I know you kiddos. And this is what a couple of them said this week. They said, Dad, can we put up the tree? Yep. And we did this this week. Got a picture of it, right? I think it was like on Wednesday this week. Hey, hey, don't judge me, all right? But I tell you, man, we put on Bean Crosby. We made sugar-free hot chocolate. We didn't give them sugar hot chocolate, right? We'll do the sugar-free hot chocolate. This is at 8 in the morning, right? All this stuff's going on. We're decorating the tree before I come into work. And this is why it felt so good, because Christmas reminds me of hope. Here's the beautiful thing about Christmas. Christmas isn't once a year. Christmas is every day, every moment. He is Emmanuel, God, what? With us. He's better. He's better. He's better than what you're facing right now. He's better than your marital conflict. He's better than your parent conflict. He's better than your schedule. He's better than your unemployment. He's better than your fears. He's better than your your sin. He's better than your shame. He is better. But then it says this, he is the guarantee of a better covenant. And we go, man, what's this idea of covenant? You know, sometimes we use these Christian words and we have no idea. We're like, okay, a covenant. Here's the deal. We hear about the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let me kind of explain what this is. The Old Testament and the New Testament, really what it means is this. It's the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The old covenant was God's promise to Israel. I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. I I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of slavery. I brought you out of sin. I am your God. You follow me and your life will get better. The only thing is this, they didn't follow God. And what he said was this, okay, if you're not gonna follow me, you're not gonna follow my way, I'm gonna have to do a new covenant. I'm gonna have to save you in a new way. And this is the way of Jesus. And I began to think about all that God did. And I was just thinking about how he had rescued Israel. And you go, why aren't you trusting God to be your better? Why aren't you allowing him to define who you are? Why aren't you walking his way? That's why he gave us the 10 commandments. They didn't know how to be a people. It, was, it wasn't just a bunch of set of rules. It was a new way to live. He's like, hey, if you let God be first, your life's gonna get better. Hey, man, if you don't kill your neighbor, it goes better for you. Hey, man, if you don't covet other people, man, it gets real good. Hey, if you learn how to Sabbath, if you learn how to not let your work define you, consume you, and own you, your life's going to get better. The only problem is we're sinful people, and we like to get better by ourselves. And this is what began to come to my mind. I went, how can I explain the old covenant? And uh, this is the only thing that came to my mind. Yes, I am my father's son. (laughs) Food came to my mind. This uh, carrot cake from Mitchell's Fish Market 10 years ago, uh, I rededicated my life when I tasted it that day and uh, gave my life to Jesus all over again. It's a six-layer carrot cake. Why six layers? Why not? Right? If you can do it, make it. It's the creativity of God right here. A lot of times we think about the Old Covenant, we think about the New Testament, as just this bad thing and let's chuck it. Here's what we've got to remember, here's the best way I can summarize the Old Covenant. Man, it is dense, it's layered, your identity's in there, your work's in there, your relationship with God is in there, your relationship with others is in there, your rest, your peace, everything is in there. The only thing is this, if all you have dessert, it's not enough. This is why we need Jesus. Because Jesus isn't just this good, he's better than enough. He's all you need. He's your identity, he's your redemption. He's your way forward, he is your power, he is your presence. This is why right after this, when he says he is a better covenant than anything you have tasted or seen, Israel, than anything that we have created or tried to make better in our life, he says this in verse 23, He says, now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing office. He's talking about the way of the old covenant. You always had priests making sacrifices, atoning for the sin. Jesus is our atonement. He's the one who takes away our sin. But before he said, all these priests had to come in and they would die and you have to get more priests. But in verse 24, but it said, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Do you know that Jesus is interceding for you today? You may feel alone today. You may feel like you've got to figure out life today. You need to remember Jesus is forever. He has come to save us completely. He's come to save us completely and he is interceding for us right now. He's standing on us on our behalf. He is saving us. He is holding us. He is better than anything we have tasted or seen in our life. See, Jesus is our better priest, which means this. When we allow Jesus to be better, Jesus makes us a better us. This is the beautiful thing about Jesus. He's not waiting for you to become better. He's going, no, I am the one who makes you a better you. You ever had that moment where you just kind of in life, it doesn't matter for, for some of you might be 18, trying to figure out college. Some of you, you're in college, switching your major, or you're thinking about getting married. You have all these different things, how it's going on. And have, have you ever come to that moment where you, you just say, you know what, I, I just feel like I'm not the me I want to be. I just feel like I'm not the me I want to be. Like, like something's missing I'm just not there. See, see, this is why Jesus is our high priest. This is why he takes away our sins and he says this. No, here's what happens. When you allow me to be your better, when you allow me to be your way forward, I make you the you you wanna be. I'm the one who changes, I'm the one who redeems you. Here's what I've learned the difference. We're talking about the greatest of all time in Jesus. Here's what I've learned the difference between the word talented and greatness. Because we say that sometimes. We'll say this, but boy, they're talented. And when we say somebody's great, here's the difference between somebody who's talented and here's somebody who's great. Somebody who's talented, they're talented in and of themselves. What I'm realizing is this, this is why Jesus is the greatest of all time. Because those who are truly great make everybody around them better. You ever been around a friend like that? They just listen to you and they love you and they're for you. And you go, you're talking to somebody else about them. You go, man, it is just great to be around them. Man, they make me. You don't go, man, I just have some talented friends. We don't say that. We go, man, I've got friends who are great. And what you're really saying is this, my friends make me better. That's the definition of friendship. Man, you make me better. That's why you're a good friend to me. Jesus, it says this, he is a friend of sinners. He makes us better. See, this is why we gotta let him be our high priest instead of trying to save ourselves. Man, he has a kingdom. He is a priesthood forever. He is interceding. He is holding us together. He makes us a better us. And the writer goes on to say this in verse 26, chapter seven. And he said, and such a high priest meets our need. We have a high priest who doesn't just save us, we have a high priest who meets our need. Now turn to your neighbor and say, I'm needy. Turn back to them and go, yeah, I know, all right? You're not telling me anything new, I could have told you that before. Now here's the thing, we say that all the time, oh man, they're so needy, oh man, oh, 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 oh. Hey, can I just let you in on something? We're human and we have needs. You need air, you need water, you need food, we need community, we need the church, we need Jesus. You and I have needs. We got needs. And such a high priest meets our need. One who is holy and blameless and pure and set apart from sinners exalted above the heavens. And unlike other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins, your sin, my sin, once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who are weak, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, Jesus, who has been made perfect forever. Jesus meets your need and my need forever. Forever. See, this is the peace that he has. He's not just our hope and he's not just our priest. He is our sacrifice. He sacrificed for our sins. He takes away our sins. Here's why this is so important. Because when we follow the path of of Jesus, here's what will happen. We'll become better. Or here's the reality if you don't follow. You'll become bitter. Here's why this is so important right now for us today. Especially as Christians. We're going to become better If we allow Jesus to deal with our sin and our imperfections or we're going to become bitter. Paul says bitterness is like the gateway sin to all other sins. Bitterness is a lot of times this, it's that intangible sin that we don't really see taking root in our heart. It's kind of the seed we become bitter. We we, we kind of don't like this, but we don't address it. We don't say it. We don't confess it. We don't deal with it. And then it grows into something else. That's how Paul describes it in Ephesians chapter four. Listen to what he says about bitterness. In verse 31, he says, get rid of all bitterness. And he does this in a, in a, in a flow. It, it continues to build. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Now, let me be honest. A couple of years ago, I had to look up the word malice. I'm like, that's right. Let's get rid of that. What are we getting rid of? You know, <laughs> what is, malice, here's what malice is. Malice is you and your imaginary conversations destroying people around you. We have those, don't we? And have you ever found out we always win our imaginary conversations? We've got like 4,000 reasons why everybody else is wrong. I mean, we just dismantle them. We walk out, I did it. Here's how we get there. He said, bitterness leads to rage leads to anger, leads to fighting, brawling. And if I can't punch you in the face, I'm going to slander your character. I'm going to cut you to the core of who you are. And not just slander, now here's what's going to happen. I'm going to think about different ways to destroy you. We go, whoa, 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 how did we get here? You know how we got here? Bitterness. This is why we need Jesus. Jesus takes us off our path of bitterness and leads us to a path of being better. It's his grace. It's his mercy. And you, you go, Nate, I'm trying. Here's how. It's not getting better by us. It's getting better through Jesus. This is how he ends this. So be kind and compassionate to one another. And to that we go, we're trying, forgiving each other. I'll pray about it. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, and here it is just as in Christ, God forgave you. You know how we stop being bitter towards other people? It doesn't start with us, it starts with God's forgiveness to us. He makes us better so we don't stay in bitterness, He takes away our sin. He takes away the sin done to us and helps us move forward. Some of us go, yeah, but Nate, I can't forget about the things that have been done to us. I know. Listen what he says. The writer says this in chapter 9, verse 14 of Hebrews. He says, this is the better that Jesus is. He says, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, from the malice. See, God's grace doesn't just save your heart and your sin. He begins to transform our minds. He cleanses our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. See, here's what happens. Jesus doesn't say, hey, I just wanna make your past better. He goes, I wanna give you a better future. I want to lead you into better. I want to give you a new direction. I am way better than anything you've tasted, anything you've seen, anything that you can make in your life. I have a way out of your bitterness, and it's a way to better, but it's through the cross. See, this is what the better looks like of Jesus. But now we got to ask the question, how do we actually become better? How does this better take root? I know we're talking. I know we're here, but how do we become better? Here's what the scripture says is this. Here's how we become better. We have to change where we begin. We have to change where we begin. Oftentimes we go, I want to become better here. Here's why I want to get better. Or we say stuff like this. If they would just quit doing this, I would be better. If I could quit doing this, I would be better. Listen to what the writer says. He says this, and he is a better hope, which is introduced to us, by which we draw near to God. Better doesn't begin with you and I. Better begins with Jesus. Well, acknowledge where you want to get better. Here's the thing. Just don't begin with you. I got to go, God, here's where I need to get better. But instead of, okay, Nate, here we go. We're going to tackle it this week. We're going to get better. We're gonna get better. Anybody ever come to church the next week and actually feel like you took 10 steps back? Or like, Nate, your sermon didn't work. I want a refund, right? It didn't work last week. I, you know, I went back. No, here's the thing. A lot of times, here's what happens. We start with us. And what the scripture's saying is this. Don't start with us. Begin with Jesus. We gotta change where we begin. Boy, better always begins with Jesus. Better always leads to a better future in Jesus. Better is about him. But here's the other thing about being better. Not only causes us to begin in a different place instead of us beginning with Jesus, we got to learn how to be grateful. It's tough, isn't it? You're like, Nate, what is there to be grateful for right now? I hear this phrase all the time. Hey, we all need to have the attitude of gratitude. Take your attitude somewhere else, right? You know, I ain't buying that today. Now you gotta have the attitude of gratitude. You know what I'm learning more about that phrase? It's not that you and I need to have the attitude of gratitude. It's that we need gratitude to break our attitude. See, when we're grateful, even when things aren't going well in our life and even when it doesn't feel like things are getting better in our life, when we stop to be grateful for what Christ has done for us and how he is making us better, here's what happens. When we become grateful, we begin to see a better way forward. This is why Paul, later on, he begins to write everything. He was the worst sinner. He says that, man, I'm the chief sinner. I was against God, I was against all this other stuff. And instead of beginning with him, he begins to begin with Jesus and things begin to get better for Paul. Life circumstances are still hard, but he navigates this. And then he uses this phrase over and over again throughout the New Testament. You can look it up. He he just keeps saying this phrase, and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And with thanksgiving, and giving thanks, and with thanksgiving, and giving thanks, and with thanksgiving. Because this is what he knows. Jesus, even though my circumstances might not be getting better, you're my better. You're going to lead me. You are the better way. It is November. What an opportunity for us to give thanks. For us to give thanks to Jesus, you are our better priest. Jesus, you are our better hope. Jesus, you are our better sacrifice. Better than anything we've tasted or seen. Jesus, you're better. Let me just dream together for a moment as a church. What would it look like for us, just as a church, as a community, if all of us began just to say this, Jesus, today I'm going to let you be my better. I don't know maybe what that looks like, I don't know maybe what you're gonna dress in my life, but I know this, I'm just gonna say, Jesus, I'm gonna let you be my better today. What would that do to your marriage? What would that do to you and your identity? What would that do for you, for you high school and junior high kids who are trying out for sports? What would it look like for you to walk into your tryout knowing and believing no matter what a coach or another player or another friend thinks about you, you go, Jesus, you're my better, no matter what happens. What would it look like for you to walk into work already not going, I'm going to see how the day goes and maybe my day will get better. But when we wake up, we go, Jesus, you're better. You're better. And I'm going to walk in your way of better. Here's what I wanna do right now. I don't wanna just talk about Jesus being better as a church, I want us to get better right now. And that doesn't begin with us, that begins with Jesus. And so here's what I want us to do. I'm gonna give you just a moment here to talk with your father. I got a question I wanna put up on the screen. I don't wanna just say, hey, let's begin with Jesus and let's be thankful to Jesus. This is the conversation I want to have you join in on today with me, talking with our Father. And this is just what it is. This is the conversation I want to invite you into today. Jesus, thank you for being better than fill in the blank. I don't know what that is for you today. Might be some shame, might be some sin, might be some fear. Fear. Might be some anxiety, might be some worry, might be some anger. Jesus, thank you for being better than... He has a better way for you and I today. Right now, we're gonna invite you just to talk to your father. Because a better way, a better covenant, a better hope, a better priest, a better sacrifice is here. Let's take a moment right now and just answer that question and talk to your heavenly father because a better way in Jesus is here. And then I'll wrap us up in prayer. Let's talk to him right now because he wants to make us better. God, I'll be the first to admit this is a hard moment because Lord, it's uh, in the time that we live in and the accessibility that we have it's easy for us to fix things in our life quickly to change things to make decisions but God, it's easy to do that without you And we don't even know it. And so, Lord, we just thank you for this moment. We thank you for kind of stopping in our tracks, for reminding us about who you are, that you are, Jesus, better than anything we know. And not just than anything we know, Jesus, you're better than anything we'll ever know. Jesus, you're better than anything we'll experience. And so, Father, as a church, as people, as broken people, who, God, have legitimate fears who, God, I know there is hurt and anger and fear and anxiety in our heart and worry. Holy Spirit, would you come and minister to us in a way that reminds us of who you are, that you're our loving Father and that you've come to save us. You've come to be with us. And you've come to change us. So, Lord, we delight in you today. We choose you today over everything else we choose you. Father, would you help us to be mindful of one another, encourage each other today as we walk with you. We are forever grateful for you, Jesus, in your grace. And it's in your name that we pray. And all of us said together, amen. May you walk in his better this week, everybody. God bless you.